You're listening to the Addiction Medicine Podcast, the official podcast of the Governor's Institute. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining us. The Addiction Medicine Podcast is designed for healthcare professionals and others interested in addiction medicine and will feature thoughtful conversations and insights from clinicians, patients, and families, policymakers, and other stakeholders. Remember to make us a favorite wherever you get your podcasts. You can also stay connected with us at governorsinstitute.org or follow any of our social media channels at at govinst. Hello, and welcome to this bonus content for Season 2 of the Addiction Medicine Podcast. I'm Shaquita Basemore, Director of Human Resources and Scholarship and Continuing Education Coordinator at the Governor's Institute. In this presentation, you'll hear eight common questions women ask or want to ask their prenatal care providers. Judith Johnson-Hosler and Melissa Godwin will respond to these questions, sharing facts, resources, and other tips for patients and providers along the way. Judith Johnson-Hosler is a licensed clinical addiction specialist with a master's degree in counseling. She is a perinatal substance use specialist within the North Carolina Perinatal Substance Use Project at the Alcohol and Drug Council of North Carolina. Melissa Godwin is a licensed clinical social worker working as a clinical associate professor with the Behavioral Health Springboard Program at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill School of Social Work. Hi, I'm Melissa Godwin. I'm a licensed clinical social worker with UNC School of Social Work. I am fully on a contract with the North Carolina Division of Mental Health, Developmental Disabilities, and Substance Abuse Services. And today, my colleague and I, Judith Johnson-Hostler, are going to talk with you about some common questions that are either asked of prenatal care providers or patients want to ask their prenatal care providers. Greetings, I'm, my name is Judith Johnson-Hostler and I'm duly licensed as a licensed clinical mental health counselor and also a licensed clinical addiction specialist. I work for the Alcohol Drug Council where I serve as the coordinator for the Perinatal Substance Use Project and I'm on contract with, um, for the Division of Mental Health, Developmental Disabilities and Substance Abuse Services and also Public Health, the Women's Commun Infant Community Wellness Section, previously known as the Women Health Branch. Okay, so I will be answering, um, responding to the first question. So the first question is, is it okay if I drink just some alcohol while pregnant, or should I wait until my third trimester like I've read? So the answer is there is no safe time or amount to drink during pregnancy. The best thing for your baby is not to drink at all during pregnancy. Alcohol exposure and pregnancy can have long-term, mild to severe impact on children and it's best to avoid it altogether. There are a variety of risk factors on both the mother's side and the fetus that are hard to predict. There are a lot of mixed messages out there, but the consistent research shows that the safest thing for your baby is not to drink at all. Rather than risk impacting your baby, if you need, to su need support to cut out drinking in your life, let's talk about how we can support you. Um, that is when providers, you should connect her to a substance use disorder specialist. So Melissa will respond to the next question. All right, the second question that often comes up for prenatal care providers from patients is, 
If I'm taking medication for my opioid use disorder, meaning methadone or buprenorphine, during my pregnancy, will my baby go through withdrawal when I deliver? So the answer is that it's different for everyone. There's a possibility that your infant may experience some withdrawal symptoms. Withdrawal symptoms for infants can range from mild to severe. We know that some other substances that an infant has been exposed to can impact whether or not there's an onset of withdrawal symptoms and the severity of them. Nicotine in cigarettes, including e-cigarettes, is an example of a substance that makes withdrawal symptoms more likely to occur when a woman is also in recovery with methadone or buprenorphine. The good news is that withdrawal in infants is treatable and has not been found to have lasting impacts. Withdrawal in an infant is also called neonatal abstinence syndrome or NAS, or when it's specific to opioid exposure in pregnancy, it's neonatal opioid withdrawal or NAUS. Okay, so the next question often comes up. Does withdrawal mean that my baby is addicted? So the answer is absolutely not. It is not possible for an infant to have a substance use disorder or be addicted. A substance use disorder is a diagnosis. The diagnosis includes meeting certain criteria like continuing to use despite negative consequences such as um, with your job or relationships or legal issues. This is not possible for an infant. While you may have heard people, even professional, use the term addicted to refer to babies or who experience withdrawal, it is not true and it is a term that creates a negative attitude towards the infant and the mother. Thanks, Jude. The fourth question that can come up is what is gonna happen at the hospital since I'm in recovery with medication for my opioid use disorder? So just like other medications, the provider is going to ensure that you, the patient, will still get your therapeutic dose of medication while at the hospital. We're gonna to plan to manage your pain with certain medications that won't interfere with the medications that you're already on and prescribed. And when your baby is born, the medical team will monitor your infant for any withdrawal signs. Typically, if a baby does have signs of withdrawal, they can be managed without medication, and they would be managed through something called rooming in and uh, with low lights and low noise and um, breastfeeding if a mother chooses to do that and there are no contraindications and skin-to-skin -skin contact. If a baby has symptoms severe enough to require medication um, that, to manage the symptoms, then the hospital may admit um, the infant to a special unit for closer monitoring. And providers, it is important that you're aware of what the practices of your delivering hospital are so that you can accurately inform your patients what to expect regarding this question. Okay, so the next question, if I seek help for my substance use disorder during my pregnancy, will you call Child Protective Services? In North Carolina, using substances during your pregnancy is not child abuse or neglect, so disclosing use and seeking help would not automatically involve Child Protective Services or CPS. Seeking help for a problem with substance use is the best thing you can do in your pregnancy. It, is also, it also helps to ensure that you will be able to parent your infant and prevent child welfare involvement. 
The only exception is if there are other children in the home that you are a caretaker for and, and you share with me behavior related to your substance use that is putting those children's safety at risk. I'm required to share the information with child welfare in the interest of the safety of your children. Okay. All right. The sixth question we have is, I heard someone mention the plan of safe care. Can you explain it? So the plan of safe care is created if and when an infant once born meets certain criteria at the hospital or place of delivery. The criteria include being affected by substance use or withdrawal or affected by fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. The goal is to have a safety net for the infant and family to support overall well-being. Someone from the county health department, like a nurse or social worker, works with families to support their needs getting met. The hospital notifies child welfare, who then makes universal referrals to the local health department. Sometimes child welfare does get involved. However, if an infant is experiencing withdrawal due to medication prescribed for an opioid use disorder and there are no health and safety concerns, child welfare would not get involved. Okay, so our next question is, uh, this is the seventh question. So I'm off heroin but still smoking cigarettes. That's better, right? So it is very good for you and your baby that you have been able to stop using heroin. Nicotine, however, uh, the tobacco and nicotine is a stimulant. If tobacco is smoked, it decreases oxygen getting to the baby, which the baby needs. Infants who are exposed to cigarettes have been found to come early and um, be small for gestational age. Being premature and small for gestational age are the two most significant contributions to an infant dying before its first birthday. So it is a concern. It is also possible for a newborn to experience withdrawal from nicotine at birth. I would like to connect you with smoking sensation specialists to support you in cutting down or quitting altogether. So providers, make sure you have this resource. If you don't, the resource is youquit2quit.org. So that's the number two. So youquit2quit.org. And the final question is, I'm pregnant, have a child, and I'm struggling with cocaine. Are there any resources to help someone in my situation? The answer is yes. In North Carolina, we have a perinatal substance use specialist with a 1-800 number who can connect you with specialty substance use disorder treatment for pregnant and parenting women where you can bring your child let's call together would be the ideal thing that you would say um, to your patient and make that call together. Judith, would you like to say more about that? Okay, yeah, so I am the perinatal um, specialist for that project. It's the perinatal substance use project. And what the perinatal substance use specialist is dedicated, so I'm full-time position, um, full-time addictions professional, as I mentioned earlier, that provides several services to ensure that the pregnant and parenting women with substance use disorder have access to treatment. And I can be reached at 1-800-688-4232 or 1-800-FOR-BABY. So there's a live person responding. If I am not available, someone in my office will respond to the call between eight to five. And then the calls at the hours are triaged. 
And I think um, all of the questions that we covered, I'm pretty sure that many of the providers have received some of the same questions, and I hope that this information was helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Judith Johnson Hostler and Melissa Godwin. Remember that pregnant and parenting women can access information and referrals to alcohol and drug treatment throughout the state by calling the Alcohol Drug Council of North Carolina at 1-800-688-4232. The hotline is open 24-7. You can also call the 1-800-FOR-BABY hotline Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.